Unfound sends out a very Merry Christmas to you, the listeners. Lisa Marie Green was a 31-year-old from Louisville, Kentucky. She was the mother of two and had once lived in Arizona. On the afternoon of June 25th, 2014, Lisa told her father she was going to sit out on the porch while he took an afternoon snooze. Hours later, Lisa's dad went out to check on her. Lisa wasn't there. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. We all know there is the very popular phrase within the true crime community. It's something along the lines of a victim saying, If I go missing, John Doe did it. If I end up murdered, Jane Doe did it. If I end up dead and it looks like a suicide, I would never kill myself and Harry Brown should be considered my killer. It's a very popular phrase, almost to the point of being a cliché. Victims telling others about impending death before these people ever become victims. Yet, after almost 320 disappearances, Unfound's experience does not seem to go along with this thinking. I didn't go back to check my notes on every single case Unfound has featured, of course, but I don't think this has happened but in only a handful of episodes. Maybe 10 at the most. So is this a real thing? Are these victims' predictions of their demises as plentiful as the perception says, or is Unfound's history closer to the truth? You can eventually decide on that. Either way, with the disappearance of Lisa Green, Unfound lands right smack in the center of this phenomenon. But not just with spoken words. Instead, for Lisa, it was... All she wrote. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Linez's website, charlieproject.org. Lisa Marie Green was one of 13. Yes, 13 children. You'll need some of your toes to count all those kids. 12 girls and only one boy, by the way. Lisa was born somewhere in the middle of the pack but she stuck out due to her great personality and giving nature. She did well in school. Then the tough times started. A drug addiction. Run-ins with the law. There was hope for Lisa when she cleaned herself up in Arizona. But when Lisa went back to Kentucky, she fell in with the same friends and patterns. And on the very day of her disappearance... Lisa went to court for some still unknown incident. So, on June 25th, 2014, even though Lisa had her own house, she was at her father's about 20 minutes away. This had become common. In the early afternoon, just as Lisa's father was about to take his customary nap, Lisa told him she would be on the back porch hanging out. Lisa's stepmother and brother were also there. Hours later, after getting up, the father went to check on Lisa. She wasn't on the porch. 
The other two had not seen Lisa leave or heard anybody come up the driveway. She was never seen again. A couple days later, upon a search of Lisa's room, her sister came upon a long note written just a few days before in which Lisa stated that if she went missing, then a man with the name Jared did it. This, however, has not led to a resolution for Lisa's disappearance. Besides victims seemingly sometimes predicting their own demises, we must not forget that as we've learned on Unfound, many victims lie about their whereabouts, their intentions, and many other topics before going missing. Contemplate how much you believe or don't believe Lisa and her words as you also try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, can we believe what the man in her life, Nick, said about her disappearance? Number two, how much does a threat Jared made against Lisa's only brother affect your thinking? And number three, Nick himself in 2020 went missing and is still missing in Arizona. Does this phase your theorizing at all? Lisa's family absolutely believes foul play caused her disappearance. The guest for this episode is Lisa's sister, Leah Coomer. Unfound news. I'm in Pennsylvania until the 29th. I got here on the 14th after spending two nights in my home away from home, Greeley, Colorado. If you'd like to hear the general story of my stay there, please find the most recent live show on Unfound's YouTube channel. Next, due to the holiday season, for this month there will be no Unfound Now for the public or found episode for you Patreon members produced. Each series will come back with a vengeance at the end of January. Maybe this is a good time to check out any that you have missed. Finally, next Friday, update episode number 16. Lots to talk about, including the recent discovery of a car related to a disappearance unfound featured in 2018. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the sister of Lisa Marie Green, Leah Coomer. Leah, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Uh, everyone should know that we are doing this interview on uh, December 10th of 2023. And as I just stated there, I want to make sure everybody realizes. Uh, we'll be talking about Lisa Marie Green. There's actually another Lisa Green who is still missing here in late 2023. I think her last, her middle name is Lee, but we'll be talking, of course, about Lisa Marie Green today. So, Leah, uh, welcome uh, to Unfound. And uh, let's just start here, as we usually do. Just talk a little bit about your family. How many maybe brothers and sisters do you have besides Lisa? What was it like, uh, everybody growing up together? wherever you grew up? Um, well, I'm the baby of 13. So we, we come from a big family. Wow. Yes. All girls and one boy. <gasps> wow. That is, that's pretty, that's pretty, really, really unusual. How did that one guy feel about that? Um, well, he, he still, you know, he pretty much got anything he wanted. He was the first one of, out of all the girls that got the car first and, 
got to play the sports, and us girls kind of didn't get to do any of that. <laughs> oh my gosh! So where? Uh, so out of thirteen, where is he in the line of the thirteen? He is right before me. Oh my gosh! Okay, so very young. He was. You and he were one of the last ones to come along. Yes. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh! I want genetics. It's a. It's a mystery. Oh my goodness. Okay, so 13 kids. And what is the age span of this 13? I guess we need to know where Lisa falls in that line as well. But what's the age span? Um, me being 33, it goes from me all the way up to my sister Renee. I believe she is 46, 47. Wow. So, so it, it goes in between all them ages. So that's only 14 years and there's 13 kids. So your mother was pregnant like almost the whole time for like 14 years. Yes, she's, my dad said it was the same, um, barefoot and pregnant. Oh my goodness. All right, I think that has to be a record, 13 kids. Okay, well, just talk about it. What was 13 kids under one roof? Pretty, has to be pretty crazy. Yes, a little crazy. Um, I had... My older sister, Renee, that was older than Lisa, she had got married. She moved out, so she didn't live with us. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, it was in the house. It was me, me, Eli, Samantha, Marlena, Lisa, Paula, um, living in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, us girls always shared a room. Eli, of course, he's the only boy, so he got his own room. Oh, my. I can't imagine that maybe a little bit of uh, jealousy or envy that was going on there. All of you girls oh together, a little bit, right? A little bit. Oh, my. Okay, that's... Yeah. And, and you should maybe, we uh, need to maybe uh, stress this. Where does Lisa fall in the line of the 13? Um, if you just want to say somewhere in the middle, that's fine. I'm not going to ask you to do too much math. Somewhere in the yeah, middle? She, yes. Okay. She's a little ways in the middle. She's third oldest, mm-hmm. and then it goes my two other sisters, my brother, than me. Okay. So she's about, she'd be about six, seven years older than you, something like that. Yeah. Eight years. Okay. All right, so you got this uh, household, all these kids, uh, 12 girls, one boy. That is amazing. And um, and how did everybody, you know, Lee, uh, Lisa... Compared to the, the rest, uh, unique or Sarah similar? Sarah, obviously, with 13 kids, maybe they're going to be a lot of same personalities. But would you say Lisa stood out or was she very much like some of your other sisters? How would you, What would you say? Lisa was her own person. Like um, Christmases and Thanksgiving, we, my mom and dad, every time that my dad would cook, they would always play music. And Lisa would be the first one to get out there and start dancing and get everybody else to start dancing she loved the line dance. So like uh, Brooks and Dunn's Boot Scoot and Boogie, she loved to do that dance. Uh, it, she was good at it. She was yeah. she was definitely unique. Yeah, all right. So you, among 13 kids, there was a way for her to stand out. Yes. Okay. All right. All right, so let's just talk about her. I don't we could probably go on and on talking about 13 kids in one house, but uh, unfortunately, we're here to talk about Lisa and her disappearance. Um, you have told me uh, multiple times that she was just amazing, an amazing person. Why don't you talk about that? What do you mean? What, what, what do you, things do you think of when you say that? 
Um, for Lisa, it was like, you know, you could come to her and you needed something, you didn't have it. If she had it, she gave it to you. If she didn't have it to give to you, she found a way to get it to give to you. Mm-hmm. If you, it, she was just an amazing person. Mm-hmm. She had a heart of gold. And she did, uh, you being her younger sister, by, by let's just say six years, she did that for you growing yep. up. She did. And she did that for the rest of her sisters as well, even maybe her older sisters too? Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, made her that way? Just something genetic? Uh, is it something uh, unique compared to the rest of your family? I'm not here to get into fa- family dynamics or anything, but you would say that she was... Uh, uh, you know, stood out as being a giver among the 13 kids. Definitely. Definitely. Where do you think that came from? Um, I think that came from my mom a little bit more because my mom was the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay. She took after your mom then a lot. Yeah. Okay. What were some of uh, her interests? And of course, I guess we're getting a really good idea of her personality. But what about some of her interests, hobbies? What was she into growing up? Uh, into music? You said she liked to dance, but was she into music? Was she into like sports or movies or you know whatever else? What was she into? I mean, she liked music. Um, she, her growing up, she was a really big fan of Winnie the Pooh. Huh. So she had got the nickname from my mom and dad of Pooh Bear. <laughs> so she was, yeah, she was my mom and dad's little Pooh. Um, uh-huh. Anything Pooh Bear, she loved it. She loved to write. She loved to draw. Mm-hmm. Well, she would draw like, you know, bubble letters of her name and different little things like that. And she loved yeah. to dance. Yeah. You being a separated her by her um, by maybe seven or eight years, something like that. Um, was there a little bit of a generational disconnect there? Of course, when she'd have been 16, you'd have been like maybe eight or nine. You know, she's 18, she's 20. You know, you're in your, you know, not even teen years. Any sort of disconnect there at all that you ever felt? Or did she make you feel like you two were the same age? No, she always made it feel like we were the same. Mm-hmm. Whenever she would, you know, stay up and watch movies, we would stay, I would stay up and watch movies with her. Mm-hmm. She's someone that I could just go to and talk to about anything I needed to talk to about. Uh-huh. Was this a situation, of course, a lot of big families do this, that uh, once you, st- she's aging, you're aging, did you inherit some of her clothes? Is that, oh, did, definitely. Th- definitely. Definitely. Yes. Uh-huh. Definitely. I still, to this day, have a pair of shorts that she gave me um, that still fit, by the way. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Uh, All right, so so that that did happen. I'm guessing that happened with your sisters uh, as well. Probably not your brother, but maybe. Um, So uh, shirts and clothes getting passed down. She's a lot older than you are, but you still can connect. And I just have to ask, being that you had so many sisters, was there maybe another sister that she was closer to just because of closer in age? Or do you feel like she and you, you know, had a really good bond, maybe one of the best bonds between all of your siblings? How do you feel about that? Um, 
Um, I feel like she was close to my sister Paula a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, like as in today, maybe a couple of years prior, she got close to my brother Eli. She did. Okay. Why do you think that? What what do you think brought that on? Just uh, a growing maturity or reconnecting in some way? What do you think? Growing maturity. Was it? Okay. I think she almost felt like, because um, my, 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 brother, my brother's tall. Lisa's short. She was four um, foot something. Little uh-huh. bit thing. Okay. Um, I think she felt more like, you know, she was close to my brother because he was, felt, almost felt like a protector to her. Yeah. Like they, they protected each other, watched each other's backs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're going to talk about how he and, uh, of course, the rest of your family, your sisters, uh, reacted, of course, after her disappearance. What about high school? Uh, did well in school? Was she much of a student? Would she, uh, did she graduate high school? What, what went on there? Yeah, she, she graduated. She was a good student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I believe my mom and dad were pretty proud of her. Yeah. And what, of course, we have to remember that when she went missing, uh, you know, she was 31 years old. We're talking about 2014, so nine years ago. So there are probably uh, quite a few years before, between her getting out of high school and uh, this appearance uh, uh, year of 2014, about 12 years there. What did she do with that time? Um, Maybe just specifically, well, what about work? Let's just talk about work. Did she have jobs? What do you remember? Lisa, most jobs I remember her having, she was always waitressing. Okay. Which, I mean, she liked doing it. She had um, worked at Jerry's. There was a Jerry's on Dixie that had just opened up, mm-hmm. and she worked there for a little while. Okay. She she did really good there. Okay. As far as like, warehouses, she never she never had a warehouse job. She always did the waitressing. Mm-hmm. When you're she talking about call. Jerry's, is that like the Jerry's Deli, that chain? Like of subway places, or is this something local to where she lived? Uh, local. It's like a Jerry's restaurant. Which okay. I, don't, I don't even know if they have Jerry's anymore. Okay. I, I just think of uh, Jerry's Deli. It's kind of a national chain, like Subway or something. Yeah. Okay. It was good. Okay. All right, so she had waitressing jobs, working, very common. Uh, but she did have some kids. Why don't you talk a little... We don't have to get into their names, of course, but... Uh, unless you want to, but how many kids did she have? She had two. Um, one she had when she was young, um, the previous boyfriend, and then the other one she had a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, she adopted him out to my other sister. Okay. And what about the first child? Who was the who? What about the first child? Who was uh, parenting? Where did this child live? First one. Um, this child lived with the dad. Um, okay. Lisa, at the time, she worked at White Castles, mm-hmm. and she worked a lot of hours. And they had, you know, shared custody of of Kayla. Mm-hmm. She had. I remember she had went over there one night to pick her up. And the dad told her that she couldn't have her. 
that they went down and filed abandonment charges on her, which Lisa never abandoned her baby. She worked so she could make a better life for her baby. Mm -hmm. Abandonment just because she was working so much or abandonment? I mean, where, where did that even come from? Because she didn't want to be with dad. Oh, so just generating, coming up with stories, lying, I guess we'd say. Okay. So, I guess what we're saying is then, one of your sisters had one child and the, the former guy in her life had the other. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. All right. So, there's two kids. And, and what were their ages? So once again, not asking you to do a, any deep math, but what were their ages that, of the children at the time of her disappearance in 2014? Roughly. Um, roughly, I think Kayla... I think Kayla was about maybe four, 13, 14. Okay. And then Ethan, he was still a baby. I think he was maybe two. All right, so she disappeared just after, just a couple years after having her second child. Only two years old. Wow. Okay. Might have been two, or he might have been smaller than that. Even younger than that. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about just a, a guy in general. His name is Nick. Um, in general, who is he? Who was he uh, in connection to Lisa? And, of course, he's going to play a prominent role later in fact, we're going to talk about a little mystery that he's involved in right now here in 2023. But just in general, how did Nick and Lisa know each other? Um, Nick and Lisa met, I believe, through a mutual friend. When she first met Nick, they were, they were really good together. I mean, he worked, he had his own house, he had cars. He was a, a really good guy when they first met and got together. Mm -hmm. um, fast forwarding forward um he had got her into stuff she shouldn't have been into okay and that's how the addiction came about when do you think uh, nick and lisa first met each other just or maybe put it this way how long do you think they knew each other at the time of her disappearance in 2014 how long nick and lisa have been together 11, 12 years, I think. Wow, long time. Long time. Okay. Uh, did you know Nick, uh, did you ever have a chance to get to know Nick personally? Or did you just know him through Lisa? Were there any times that you ever had any conversations with Nick? You know, well before she ever went missing. And, you know, what did you think of him? I mean, when I first met Nick, I liked him. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was he was welcomed in by my whole family. They liked him. He was, he was a really good guy, and we thought he was really good for Lisa. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I mean, he worked. There was times that I would go spend the night with both of them, and it was, uh, hey, you know, you're Lisa's little sister. What do you want? Do you want some snacks? Huh. Do you want anything to eat? Can I go get you anything? He, he was a really good guy. Mm -hmm. And that changed, though. Okay. I know you, uh, you're not in, of course, uh, weren't around Nick all the time, but what do you think happened with Nick that he changed and then, of course, brought upon that change with Lisa? What was going on with Nick? Any insight into that? Um, I think that they got 
know, he got tangled into doing harsher drugs, and mm-hmm. it was a, hey, you know, I'm trying this, you should try it too. Yeah. And you kind of want to fit in, so you're going to try it, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you get addicted. Okay. Let's move on to that, being that we're talking about drugs, though, but there is a, it, it seems that at one point, though, they did try to get clean. You told me that they went uh, to Arizona, of all places, uh, to get clean. Why Arizona? Uh, how did this decision come about? What do you know about this? And maybe you can put it in the timeline of what year this might have been when this happened. Um, they'd moved to Arizona because Nick's mother lived in Arizona. Okay. And she told them, you know, you all can come up here. You can live with us. You can get clean. And they did. They had got clean wow. for a year, I believe, wow. that they stayed up in Arizona. They were fully clean and sober. He wasn't drinking alcohol. Of course, Lisa didn't. Lisa didn't care for alcohol, but they they looked really good. They come mm-hmm. home. They had picked up weight. Nick was about oh lord, about 250, 260 pounds. Wow. And he looked really good. He was healthy. A Lisa was healthy. She was about one hundred sixty pounds. Okay. They looked really good. Okay. So what do you think, uh, I, I, did you ever go down there to see them in Arizona? Or what, what do you think it was that was going down there? Just being away from Kentucky or what? I, I think it was being away from home. They mm. were away from, you know, because all of Lisa's family lives here in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, being away from her family and then he had kids that he didn't see. And I think it was, you know, mm. just being away from home. Being away from somewhere that was familiar to them. And what year, once again, what year do you think this was? Just roughly. Roughly 2007, 2008. Okay. So quite a a bit of time before she went missing. Yes. Quite a bit of time. But unfortunately, the reason we're talking about this is because they did end up relapsing. And do you think this was quickly after they got back from Kentucky or did it take a little time? Did they ever get clean again? What is your understanding? Um, I think it was quickly when they got back to Kentucky. They got around the same old friends. Yeah. And of course, you know, if you get around the same people that's doing something you used to do, you're, you're going to do it again. Unless you have that strong willpower to stay clean. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When you do that, you got to choose to put a lot of people behind you, a lot of negative influences, and that that's maybe the toughest part. Maybe uh, yeah, just uh, you know, having the courage to put a lot of these people who you really liked at one time, it's very uh, you know, put them behind. You got to close that chapter. That can be very difficult uh, for you personally. Do you remember the first time you realized that Lisa had relapsed? That do you remember the first time you know realizing that? Um, like Lisa, you, you could tell with Lisa if she had done something because she would, she would pick source on her. And when I'd seen her, you know, she didn't have makeup on. She didn't have any of that done. Cause she, she was beautiful. She always had a face. Seen pictures of her. I agree. You're right. And, uh, you could tell that she was messing again because she would pick sores on her arms or on her face. Even though you were like eight, seven, eight years younger than her, uh, did you ever talk to her about this? Did you ever talk to her about her drugs, addiction, talked about maybe getting help? Let's just pick out a year, 2012. Did you ever like that year, 
um, you know, talk to her about this? Do you know if your other sisters ever talked to her about this or what? Anything. Yes. We, we had all talked to her about it. My dad had talked to her about it. Mm-hmm. And she had told him, you know, she wanted to get clean, but she was afraid to get clean. Hmm. What do you mean fear? What was the fear, do you think? Um, I think she was afraid if she got clean that she wouldn't have Nick. Because I don't think I don't think he really wanted to get clean. Okay. But she had expressed that there was multiple times that she wanted to get clean. She wanted to get the help. Mm-hmm. But I think she was afraid of doing wow. that, and not having him do that with her. Wow. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of a dependency, codependency going on there, a little bit between the both of them. Okay. And uh, when they went to Arizona, was this just like some sort of structured plan, or they just down there went down there and quit cold turkey? Um, I know his mother lived in Arizona, mm. so I think that they had been corresponding with his mother, and she had told him, you know, you all can come here and live. She had a husband at the time. I'm not mm. exactly sure of his name. Um, mm-hmm. they could go live there with them and get them get their lives straight. And they did. Um, yeah. They'd got their lives straight, and they were they'd had a house built that his mother had had built for them. It's a beautiful house. Wow. So that way, when they came home, they had a house to come home to. Wow. Right. And I've you sent me the address of that house. I've looked at it. Yeah. Nice. It's nice. All right. So go to Arizona, get clean, come back to Kentucky. Uh, unfortunately, they can't stay clean. We've already talked about that, and that's the way I guess it continued right up to her disappearance in 2014. Now, she also had some legal issues. The only reason I bring this up is because on the very day of her disappearance, she had had a uh, court date that she actually attended. Uh, she did go to this. She was uh, had to go. She was, um, I guess, required to go, and she did. But do you do do you personally here in 2023 know anything about her legal issues, and maybe even specifically? why she was in court that day. Still still very unclear. Any of Lisa's legal issues I didn't really get into because I figured, you know, that's that's her business. That okay. wasn't really mine. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll come back to that uh, in a bit. So I just have some questions for you about that year 2014. Of course, they are in the outline. Uh, did she have a phone at the time? Did she have a cell phone? If she had to communicate with people, how was she communicating uh, with others? Um, well, at that time, she stayed, you know, stayed with dad. So she would, she pretty much had my dad's house phone glued to her hand. Okay. So if anybody called, she's the first one that's going to answer it. All right. I think she did that more or less that way, you know, if Nick called or anything, she would be able to answer it, and my dad wouldn't be able to answer it and be like, ugh, Nick's on the phone for you. Right, right, of course. Okay, so kind of uh, to put it in maybe terms for listeners, I guess Lisa using a house phone, it was like like the 1980s all over again. Everybody using phones that are connected to walls. Okay, Uh, did she have a car? Did she have a driver's license? Did she have an ID? Anything? No. None. No car, no driver's license. Okay. okay. And where was she living? You brought up this house, but 
she was she actually disappeared from your father's place. Uh, is that correct? So she was living there. Yeah, she lived with my dad. They had a beautiful home built, um, mm -hmm. but because at the time neither one of them were working, they couldn't keep the water or the LG neon at the house. So she stayed with my dad. Okay. And where was Nick staying? Do you know? Um, there was a couple times that he stayed with my dad, but other than that, he stayed out there at that house. He stayed at the house without the electricity and the water and everything. Yep. Okay. And for you personally, and maybe you can talk for the rest of your family as well, if you, and of course she's living with your father, but how long often were you seeing her or talking to her? And maybe you do want to talk about the last time you saw and talked to her. When was that in 2014? I had, because I, I just had a baby in November 2013, so I remember at one point in time, her and Nick, when they had the house, they wanted me and my daughter and my daughter's father to come stay with them, and that he could work, and Nick would work, and she would babysit so we could work and help her with bills, but at the time, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to bring my daughter around any of that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as a new mom, you don't want your, your child exposed to any type of drug right. use. Of course. Um, but when she stayed at my dad's, um, we had come over there for the first time for her to meet my daughter. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember coming back here in the bedroom because she was laying in her bed asleep. She had a, a white t-shirt, pink shorts. Mm -hmm. And... She just, she, I mean, all of my nieces and nephews just flocked to her. They loved her. Uh. <clears throat> she was the type, she would get on the floor and color with them, play cars with them, play Barbie dolls, whatever they wanted uh. she would do with them. Huh. Okay, and, and is uh, your recollection, was this the last time you saw her or talked to her, or did you see her talk to her much closer to her disappearance date? which for the purposes of this episode, we're saying June 25th, 2014. Did you talk to her, for example, or see her in, in June of 2014 or not? Yeah, I seen her a couple of days before she went missing. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And I, I realize, uh, of course, you experienced this. You knew Lisa. I do not know, know Lisa, but the best you can tell for June of 2014 how bad her addiction uh, become did, did you think that it was getting worse was it the same was there any hope that she was going to get clean or, or was June 2014 like the worst you'd ever seen of her or what how would you explain it um I mean it was necessary it wasn't necessarily the worst that I'd ever seen her mm -hmm. I mean she would you know sit on the couch and watch TV and mm-hmm I remember seeing her once, and she had a sandwich in her hand, and she was watching TV, and she was falling asleep as she was watching TV, yeah. but she had her other hand up like the sandwich was in that hand, and she was biting into the air like she was eating her sandwich. Oh, my. And I, I told my dad, I, I kind of smacked my dad's arm like, what is she doing? He was like, she's, she's a little high right now. He was like, so, he's like, there's nothing you can do he was like just leave her be um oh my but even like when she was when she was using and she was high she she didn't bother anyone she was quiet she just sat there mm -hmm. she would talk to you and she would kind of doze a little bit and then she would open her eyes and look at you and go 
what was we talking about? Mm-hmm. And just kind of pick up that conversation, but she would doze off again. But I mean, she mm-hmm. she wasn't, you know, bothering anyone. She wasn't causing a ruckus. She would just be to herself. Okay. And we have to remember, she's a doll. Yeah, she's living with her father, but she's 31 years old. What are you going to do? Right? Right. You know, you, you know, it's can't chain her in a basement anywhere or anything like that, of course. Uh, she's going to do what she's going to do. But, and we should say, uh, who was living in that house? Your father, her, and who else? Uh, maybe your, was it your stepmother or, or who else? Um, it was Lisa, my dad, my stepmom, and my brother. Eli. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that's what's going on at the house. Um... And I have to ask, re- regarding this addiction, do you believe that she was getting her drugs from Nick? Or were they getting them together from somebody? Do we even know? I that's... think that they got them together. I do know there was times that he would um, have Lisa go out and prostitute. Oh, my. So she could get the drugs for both of them, and she would say that she would get the drugs because she didn't want Nick to be sick. She would rather be sick versus having Nick get sick. So she would do whatever she had to do to make sure that he didn't get sick. Wow. Okay. All right, so this is all going on, and we come up to that day, June 25th, 2014. And as we've already stated, she had a uh, court date time on that date. And you told me she used, like, public transportation to get there? All right, and to this day, though, uh, nine years later, we don't know exactly what the charges were or anything like that. No. All right, we don't know how long she was there and how long it had been scheduled, nothing like that. All we know is even though she seemed to be struggling, she made it a point to get to court. Yes. Okay. All right, so she goes there, she comes back, and so what is... The story about her disappearance, so she's at home, and the, the way I would simply put it is she was there, and then she wasn't there, but how is your father, um, and if you maybe if your brother also talked about it, your stepmother, any of, the, of those people that were under the roof, anybody who was there, what did they say went on that day that led up to Lisa's disappearance? What did they say happened? Um, well, my dad at the time, he worked third shift, so... When Lisa come in the door from court, you know, he's asleep on the couch. And, you know, he heard the back door open, so he asked her how it went. Of course, you know, she told him it went good. My older brother was in his room asleep. And my stepmom was in her room asleep. Because my stepmom, she would stay up all night, sleep all day. Kind of like a night out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eli, he would just sleep because he was bored. (laughs) He didn't have anything else to do. Uh, she came in the door, and my dad asked her, you know, how it went, and she told him, you know, fine, daddy, it went fine. Um, he was like, okay, and she told him, she was like, well, I'm going to go outside. He was like, well, where are you going? And she told him, she said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit on the back porch. And she walked out the door, and she had on a white T-shirt, pink shorts, didn't have no shoes, didn't have ID. She didn't carry a wallet. She didn't have anything. No cigarettes, no nothing. Okay. She just walked out the back porch and that was it. 
And so she tells your father that she's just going to sit on the back porch. Of course, it is June in Kentucky. It's beautiful. And how long was it before your father figured out, you know what? I haven't seen Lisa in a, a little bit. You know, wh what was the discovery? How would you describe the discovery of them finding out she wasn't there? Um, of course, you know, my dad, my dad likes to call and he checks on his girls. He calls and checks on us three and four times a day just to see how we're doing. And I remember talking to him and he was like, well, Lisa had court today and she said she was going outside and I haven't talked to her. Well, he'd figured, you know, cause Lisa had to walk. She'd walk anywhere okay. just to get away. Um, figured she went walking, but that, that wasn't the case. She had walked out the door and that was the last we seen of her. How long do you think, how, how many hours was it, do you think? Um, I, know, I realize you weren't there. Your best guess. Um, I think it was maybe more along the lines of like four or five hours before. Oh, wow. And then, wow. you know, he had talked to, talked to us. And, of course, you know, with Lisa, mm -hmm. she, could, she could go for a couple of hours and she would come back. She could go mm -hmm. away for a day or two and she would come back. But... When she didn't pick up the phone and call because she always called. Mm -hmm. She would always call and tell him or my brother, hey, this is where I'm at. This is who I'm with. I'll be back at this time. Mm-hmm. She didn't do that. Okay. Did anybody, did your father, stepmother, of course they were sleeping, but just in case I got to ask, any of them remember the phone ringing or had a suspicion that she might have tried to call somebody that day? For example, this is just an example. Uh, somebody to come pick her up, anything like that. Uh -uh. Huh. Would they say it was, it was common for her to maybe just walk off in her bare feet from the house? Um, bare feet, no. But if she's going, mm. if she's going on the back porch, yeah, barefoot, because it's... Just the back porch. But if she was going for a walk or anything, no, she would have shoes or something on. Okay. And listeners should know that being that I know the address of where the father was living at the time, I have done, I've of course never been there, but I've done a Google uh, Street View looking at the surrounding area, and I am going to do a short YouTube video that will appear on Unfound's uh, YouTube site. In fact, it's by the time you're all hearing our voices, it will have already been posted. It will be posted right before th this episode comes out. Fair, I wouldn't call it an, uh, an urban area, but surely uh, a street uh, where there are a lot of houses on it, you know, on either side of the street. Um, neighbors ever say they saw her? Of course, it would have been daylight, it seems, when she left. Anybody ever claim to see her walking? Anything like that? Uh-uh. Zero. My dad, didn't, my dad didn't really talk too much to any of the neighbors. They didn't really talk mm -hmm. too much to, to him. Okay. Pretty much kept himself, work, come home, pay bills. Mm -hmm. That was just, that was my dad. That was the third shift life for him. Okay. But even after, after, of course, the neighbors do find out that Lisa's missing. Nobody, nobody ever came forward to say, well, you know what? I think, I think I did see her walking on the street that day. Nothing like that. No. Okay. And we should note, uh, your father's house, I've never been there. You have. Uh, my impression is it kind of sits a little back from the street. Is that your impression? Is that how you would explain it? Yes. All right. So 
We might be open to the idea, we're not saying there's any proof of this, but if somebody did come to pick her up, it's certainly possible a car could have been at the end of the driveway and nobody would have known. Yes. Okay. You could pull to the end of the driveway, you could turn right off the street to the end of the driveway, and unless you pull all the way back around the house, you're not going to know anyone's in the driveway. You're not going to hear them pull up. All right, so that's certainly possible, even though, once again, we're just not sure how somebody could have timed that, but that's for you, the listeners, to think about that for yourselves. But it's at least, I guess, possible. All right, so she's missing. She does, of course, does not come home that day. Father's kind of looking for her after four or five hours. Unfortunately, it was four or five hours. We know these, these times and minutes ticking by. Uh, where were you? Uh, did you find out that day? Did you find out through your father? Did he call you, maybe asking, hey, you know where Lisa is, something like that? How did you find out she was missing? Um, I had found out because I you know, had my dad call and ask if I'd heard from her. Mm. And then I had my other siblings call and ask if we'd heard from her. And, of course, mm. you know, none of us had heard from her. And we had told my dad, you know, it's Lisa. She does this. She mm-hmm. She wanders off. She goes walking she'll stay gone for hours but she'll eventually come back but she mm-hmm. she never made it back okay when did the police get alerted to this was it within 24 hours or did, or did your father and others give her a couple couple days uh when was the who and who filed the report um my dad had called police i think they'd waited 24 hours and he had called police but they told him he had to wait 48 hours before he could file a missing persons report. Uh-huh, and it had to be a solid 48 hours because they couldn't file it. Um, well, they could, as you as you know, Leah, they could. They just didn't want to do it. But yeah, right, right. Please, yeah, please continue. You know, Leah, just so everybody knows, Leah knows that, that that's BS. But please continue. Um, well, they filed it. Um, the police had come over, they filed it. After they filed it, we had um, a detective, uh, Ann Hogan, and this was the first detective on her case that had come over and had talked to my dad and talked to my stepmom and was like, oh, well, let's get a story on her. We'll see if this is common. And, of course, they talked to her. Um, She had come and she had collected a hairbrush that Lisa used, um, a toothbrush, that had uh, her saliva on it for her DNA. And they told my dad, you know, we'll enter this into a database. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if something's happened to someone, we can match it up and see if it's her. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, a couple of days had went by and she still wasn't home. Okay. No phone call. We didn't, we didn't have anything to go on. So we started to pressure the detective on her case more mm-hmm. and of course the detective says well, we'll go to her house we'll see if anything's there um there's a field that's kind of behind my dad's house yep i've seen it from satellite view that, yep there is a field there that they they didn't go through they didn't walk it um mm-hmm. okay um Right. Uh, all right. So they get involved. Report is filed, and um, 
they did go out to where her house was, her actual house that was in her name where Nick was. Did they go out there? Do you know? Um, they had went out there um, to search it, and mm -hmm. at the time they couldn't get into it. Um, but when they did get into it, they'd got Nick's, I don't know, I don't remember if they got Nick's permission or if they got his mother's permission mm -hmm. to go inside the house. Um, and when they went inside the house, um, the detective said it smelled like a foul odor, it smelled like they're mm -hmm. like, like blood in the house. Okay. Uh, Nick's mother had told him that it was old chicken that was in the fridge. That it wasn't nothing. It was just, it was bad chicken. Mm. Now, we do have to remember that the, at this house, the electricity and everything had been turned off. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, so police are looking around. Any actual, what we might call, planned searches, like around, like I said, my impression, I've not been there, but... You can search around your father's place, but there are a lot of houses and there's not a lot of woods and things, but were there searches done like along the roads or anything like that? Searches that the family performed, yes. Okay. We did We yeah. did several searches. We hung up flyers, um, hung mm -hmm. flyers, we did searches. There was... Um, not too far from my dad, there was a neighborhood called Edgewood, and that is where Nick's house originally used to be when they first met. Okay. Um, the airport owns all that property. They tore all them houses down because we wanted to go search that field, and we were told we couldn't go on that field that we would be trespassing. Okay. Right, and we're talking, when we're talking about an airport, we're actually talking about a big airport. We're not just talking about, like, some little one runway. It's a pretty big airport. Jets land at this airport. Very close. Yes. To, to where your father lives. Okay. Now, it should be said, though, even though your father's place, like I said, it seems like there's houses, like, right along the street and every, everything, but where this other house was, where Nick was living, the house that the mother his mother built... There is quite a few woods and trees and things out there. Uh, did you look at through that area? Even though I know it's not really that close to your father's place, but did you look, anybody ever go into there to figure out, could she have made it over there or something? We, we had went over there, but we were told that we couldn't go on near that land and search mm -hmm. that was vacant because uh, there was a golf course that was right there by it. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we were told that unless we had an actual search warrant, we couldn't go on that property and search any of that. And is that nine years later, that's still the situation? So that area has not been searched ever? No. Okay. And the neighbor, the neighbor that lives over there, he said that when you're, when you're going back through that area, because half of it's a, half of it's owned by a golfing place. And then there's other parts that kind of drop off into holes. He had told us, you know, if you're going to go there, you, you have to be very careful. He's like, because you, one wrong step, he's like, and you're going to step in a pretty deep hole. Yep. But we never, we never got to go search it. And, of course, LMPD didn't search it. They, I don't think they felt it was necessary or they just didn't want to for that matter. Okay. Just to give the people an idea, if, uh, do you know, 
once again, uh, you have your own life to live, but do you think that Lisa ever, at any time, ever did walk between her father's place and that other house? Ever? I mean, it's very possible that she could have, mm. but to walk that far barefooted, I don't see her walking barefooted that far. Okay. And how far is it? Maybe not by walking, but if you were, I, I'm going to guess you've driven between the two locations. How, how long does it take? Um, from my dad's house there to Heritage Creek on Cooper Chapel Road, it probably takes about about 20 minutes to drive there. All right. So even in a car, it's 20 minutes. Yeah. If it takes 20 minutes to drive, it's going to take longer. Oh, oh, yeah. It's going to take a lot longer. 20 miles. Of course, it's kind of a, not, it's a little bit rural, but it has a lot of houses and everything. So you're going to only be able to do like 45 miles an hour or something. So we're talking, probably talking about 15 miles to walk. Which, that's not close, especially, like you said, in your bare feet. But you did say that she liked to walk, so maybe we're open to that. I'm not telling people what to believe. I just want them to understand the distances here. So let's talk about uh, Nick. What was his reaction to this? I am I mean, who? I guess some people are going to be suspicious of him, and I really don't want to get into any theories here. But what was his reaction to... Uh, Lisa being missing, do you even know who told him first? Did you? Did your father? Did somebody else? And what was his reaction? Uh, I believe my dad had told him because he, you know, he called wanting to talk to her and he, my dad had told him, he was like, well, she's not with you. And Nick told my dad, he was like, no, I haven't talked to her. And oh. my dad told him, he was like, she's missing. We filed a missing persons report. We can't find her. And of course, you know, he was upset. Oh, mm. well, She'll come back. She'll come back. And mm -hmm. my dad told him, he was like, Nick, you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Nobody has heard from her. Nobody has seen her. And you haven't seen her or heard from her or else you wouldn't be calling. Mm -hmm. Do you know, the, I, I know you didn't get the call, uh, Leah, but do you know, was this the same day of the, the disappearance that Nick called or was it the next day, two days later? Do you even know? I think it, um, I think it was a day or two after she had went missing that he had talked to my dad. Okay. Now I have to ask you this. Did he ever offer up, Nick, offer up an alibi for around the time that Lisa would have been missing during the day of June 25th? Do you even know, does anybody know, really know where he was? No. Okay. And does Nick have a car? Or um, He had a car. Nick... Like I said, Nick had beautiful cars. I remember the mm -hmm. last car he had was a white Bel Air. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. But at the time of Lisa's disappearance, he didn't have a vehicle. All right. So, uh, once again, if, if we're thinking foul play uh, here, you want to think about Nick, maybe we have to think about the, I guess what Lee is saying here is he might not have a vehicle at the time, which, of course, uh, you know, would put a hand, uh, kind of a hitch in any sort of uh, getting over to where Lisa was, maybe. All right, did, did Nick, uh, did you ever talk to Nick personally, one-on-one, -on -one about Lisa's disappearance? No. Never, okay. Did after, after my dad had spoke to him that one time, he didn't make an attempt to reach out anymore. He didn't, okay. Did, do you know if Nick uh, said anything to your father or anybody else that you trust, um, did Nick ever offer up his own theory explanation for why Lisa would go missing, being that he would probably know her better than anybody. 
Nick, um, when he had talked to my dad on the phone, he made the statement to my dad, um, they were only supposed to beat her up. He said that. He told my dad they were only supposed to beat her up. They weren't supposed to kill her. All right, we will get into the they, and they a little bit. But, so he calls, she's missing, and that's on that first call, Nick says that. Yeah. All right. And I, once again, I want to get into names right at this second, but did uh, did your father have an idea who they were? Did Nick have to tell him? Anyhow. Nick told him that he couldn't give him the names. Oh, and my right? dad begged him. He was like, who is they? And Nick mm -hmm. told him, he's like, I can't tell you who they is. Okay. He's like, I can't tell you. He was like, but they were just supposed to beat her up and let her go. Okay. All right, we're going to come back to that because we have a, of a, a note to talk about here, a very, very, very important note here in a bit. But you did tell me not long after the disappearance that Nick actually left Kentucky, correct? Yes. And where did he go? He went back to Arizona where his mother lived. He did. Just left that house and nobody was living in it then. Left, he left it all. Left it all. Okay. Got out of there, and we're we're gonna come back to him uh, regarding Nick. And when we say right after, of course, uh, we saying a week later, a month later. Do you even remember? Uh, my, I, if I had to guess it, I would say it would probably be a couple days after Lisa went missing. He went right back to Arizona pretty quickly. All right, no, okay, so pretty quickly he went back. To Arizona. We're going to come back to him because, like I said, here in 2023, there's a mystery regarding him as well. Now, I'm going to ask you about this guy. His name is Jared. And had you ever heard of Jared before Lisa's disappearance? Yes. Um, Jared, at one point in time, was on HIP and didn't have anywhere to stay. And my dad let him stay at the house. Huh. So he wouldn't go to jail so he could do his HIP at my dad's house. You're going to probably have to ex uh, explain what HIP is for people. What's HIP? Um, HIP is a home incarceration program where you wear an ankle monitor on your ankle. Huh. And you can't leave that residence. Wow. So that way you're not in jail. Mm -hmm. You can do it in a residence somewhere. Is there any reason, insight of what made Jared so special that your father would do that for this this guy? Um, just that Lisa had asked him to. She had told my dad, you know, this is a friend. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have anywhere else to do this at. He has nowhere to go. And, mm -hmm. of course, my dad would do anything for Lisa. Okay. Uh, when did this uh, in-home uh, in incarceration occur? Was that in 2014 or the year before, just roughly? Obviously, it was not at the time of her disappearance because he wasn't there, I guess, that day. But when did this happen? Um, I think it was in 2014. That it was. It was. It was the same year as the disappearance. Okay. And did Lisa know Jared? Uh, I just have to ask, did she know him because of her addiction, because of the drug stuff that she and Nick were into? Yeah, I think that's how she had met him. Okay. And how long do you think Jared was uh, in your father's place? Any ideas? Week or um, month? I think he had stayed at my dad's for a couple of weeks. Okay. 
and then he had established somewhere else that he could go stay at. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we have this. So we have Nick, who was a long time, I guess, boyfriend. Uh, Nick though and Lisa never had any kids together, right? No, no, no kids together. But they were longtime friends, boyfriend and girlfriend, living together. Went and got clean in Arizona. Came back, and then we have this guy Jared. Uh, do you think that Lisa knew him as long, or was he a more recent friend? Um, I think he was a more recent friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, any idea, once again, I realize you're getting this third person. These are all Lisa's friends. But how well did Nick and Jared know each other? Were they friends, or were they kind of rivals, being that Lisa was, like, in between them, or what? No, him and Jared were friends. They were. Okay, yeah. Nick and Jared were friends. Okay. All right, now we're going to come to this note, which um, I got to say I've covered 317 disappearances now, and this has to be probably the most uh, revealing written note, I think, maybe that we've covered on Unfound. I'm thinking uh, if there is one, I can't think of it right at this second. But why don't you talk about this note? Where was it found? And I will be, um, of course, with your permission, Lee, uh, I would like to uh, show it to the audience and post it so everybody can see what Lisa had to say in her own words. But we're just going to talk about it for now. Uh, and then we'll just kind of pick a little few pieces out of it. How was this note found? Where was it found? How long after the disappearance? What can you say about it? Um, it was found in Lisa's bedroom at my dad's thrown up on the computer desk. I think there was maybe one or two pieces of paper covering it. Um, and when we had come to my dad so we could, you know, look and see if she'd left anything. Yeah. Um, I went in there and started looking through all of her stuff. And of course my dad's, we, what, what are you looking for? And I told him, I was like, I'm looking to see if she left anything. And yeah. he's upset. Smart. He's trying not to cry. Yeah. Smart. And I found it and I come in there and I asked him, I was like, did you know she left this? And he didn't know what it was, and I read it to him. And, of course, you know, we called the detectives, and we told them, you know, we found this note. This is in Lisa's room on her computer desk underneath paper. Mm -hmm. And the detectives had come, and they had took it, which I took photocopies of it. Very smart. I cannot even... I've already told you, Leah, but very smart, because had you not done that, you would have never seen that letter again, ever. Right, so she wrote this note. It was written uh, just a couple days before she went missing. In fact, she dated it and timed it, right? She wrote on it when she wrote it. Yep. Okay. And Almost like she wanted this to be found. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, it's 100% for sure. And this is the reason, though, that we are talking about Jared, because Jared is mentioned in this, uh, what she wrote on, actually, she wrote it on an envelope, but he's mentioned, and what does she say? Um, she says in that letter that if anything happened to her, that he's hurt her. That there was several times that he tried to run her over in Jordan Marlowe's grandma's Jeep. Mm -hmm. um, he would call my dad's house phone several times just to tell her, you know, this is what I'm going to do to you. Um be careful walking down the road where it's really dark. Mm-hmm. 
I think yeah, there's even something about being spit on by Jared. He got close enough to spit on her. Yes. Um, uh, he had said, uh, he had called my dad's phone several times to remind her to be extra careful walking um, where it's real dark, that anyone who can't see, that he would be ready to jump out when she least expected it. And, excuse my French, to really bad. To where no one would recognize her. Okay. Um, that there was times that Nick was sick from the chemo, which I, I never knew Nick having cancer ever. Um, huh. That he had gotten her face and spit in her face. And that there was nothing that Nick could do to protect her. That he had, uh, at one point in time, she was walking towards uh, Popolova Road and he swerved over into church grass to try and snatch her and pull her into the Jeep. And she had ran up to a, a church house because she was afraid that he was really going to hurt her. Mm-hmm. Now, made, you know, but this... Through mutual people that they knew saying that he was going to give her a hot shot, um, slit her throat, and stab her to death. Now, this wasn't just randomly him writing this. What did she say in her own words, Lisa writing in her own words, and nobody disputes that she wrote this. In her own words, what did she say? The reasoning was that that he was doing all of this. Um, She had wrote in there that he said that he would kill her for getting, um, she was a snitch and that he'd got, she'd got her and Tiffany locked up and Mm -hmm. he just, he didn't like that. Okay. So this was his reasoning for this. He thought that she told the cops getting some girl that he liked, uh, Tiffany in trouble. And so this is what Lisa's saying was the reason he was doing all of this. He had physically spit in her face. Um, One week and she went to the house, he'd physically spit in her face and Nick just kind of stood there. Okay. Any proof, uh, you know, I don't know if, is there any proof, I guess we'll just use Lisa's words, any proof that Lisa was a snitch? I mean, she doesn't admit to it in the letter. In my in my opinion, she doesn't admit to it. She just says that's the reason he's doing this. Is there any proof that she like revealed information to the police to get other people in trouble? Any any proof of that? No, there was no proof of that at all. All right, and once again in the letter, she doesn't say whether she did it or not. She's just saying the reason that Jared is doing this. Um. I will tell you as a writer, I I think what struck me the most about the letter, especially given what Lisa was going through, you've already talked about how she was falling asleep eating a sandwich and everything, is that at least in the moment she was writing this letter, she seemed to be as clear-headed as a, 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 she seemed to be a very, very sober person. Would you agree? Yes. Uh, It's, I don't think there's one misspelled word. The punctuation might have a little bit suspect, but that's going to be for every average person who doesn't write a lot. But as far as using the English language, spelling, and making sure everybody understood what she was thinking, I think she did a very good job of it. Yes. You know, this was not the rambling of somebody who was high or anything at the time. Absolutely not. No way. Um, 
being that you weren't living with your but your father was your stepmother, your brother, were any of them aware that all of this stuff that she wrote in that on that envelope was happening? Were they aware that Jared was like after her? No. No, she she didn't tell anybody any of this. Mm-hmm. I think she was afraid that if she did and anyone tried to protect her, he would hurt them. And she didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to remind everybody, this is a letter that was, or this note was written just a couple days before she went missing. Uh, the way I remember it, I don't have it in front of me right at this moment as we're doing this interview, but I remember it. she said it was like five something in the morning when she wrote this. Three in the morning. All right. So early in the morning, it wasn't like it was like two in the afternoon, at least the way she described it. And she said that if anything ever happens to her, Jared did it. Yes. That's exactly what she writes. And we hear a lot about this. And maybe, Leah, you don't may not realize this, but for seven years, we hear a lot about women who said, you know, if I go missing, this person did it. But usually it's just words, you know, somebody telling somebody something. Rarely is it written down like Lisa uh, did here. Um, what did, do you have any idea what Jared's response was to this note? Has he ever said that, yeah, I did do those things? What was his reaction to all of this I don't think he knew that she wrote the note and if he did know I don't think he really had a response to it Mm -hmm. he was kind of like you know the way I gathered he was kind of like a a very cocky person Mm -hmm. that makes sense okay I guess what I'm saying is once the police found out about this note she's missing she's claiming you know something bad happens to me Jared did it do you have any, uh, did anything get back through the grapevine of when the investigator went to talk to Jared about all this, what Jared had to say? No. We were never informed of if they talked to him and if they did, what, what was said and what he said. We were never informed of any of that. Okay. And who is, uh, she talks about this uh, girl Tiffany. Who is this? Do you know who this is? That was Jared's girlfriend. Okay. Any idea what she has said about any of this? I mean, where, uh, where is she now? What, uh, in, in, where does she, she fall into all of this? Uh, were she and Tiffany, were Lisa and Tiffany friends? How long did they know each other? What do you know about that? I don't think that they were friends. I think they just, they were around each other because Jared and Nick were around each other and they all did drugs together. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think she particularly liked my sister. Mm-hmm. I think she was more along the lines afraid that Lisa wanted Jared, which Lisa was head over heels for Nick. There was mm-hmm. you, you could be the the hottest man in the world, walk in with no shirt, and she's not going to pay no attention <laughs> to you. She's only going to have eyes for Nick. Okay. All right. All right. So maybe maybe it could be something Jared wouldn't have to something to do with Lisa. Lisa doesn't want anything to do with Jared. Maybe maybe this is also what's going on. Of course, there's no no proof that Lisa ever told anybody to the police or law enforcement at all to get anybody else in trouble. Correct. You've never heard anything like that. No. All right. So police, even though they're investigating Lisa's disappearance, they've never said something to you along the lines of, well, you know what? She was helping us on an investigation. Nothing like that. Okay. Uh, was Nick ever told about this note? Do you know what his response was to this note? And is Nick 
ever mention Jared at all. Do you, do you know anything about that? Nick, I think Nick was told that Lisa left a note. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't ask about what was written in it. He kind of acted like he was didn't care that she had wrote it. But for oh. me, if you've been with someone as long as you've been with them, you would come back home from where you're at and you would help look for her. Right. But for her to leave this note and you to just be like, oh, okay, whatever. Right. That just it doesn't make sense to me. Why you wouldn't want to come help find someone that you've been with for so long, someone that you claim to love, mm-hmm. but you're just okay with it. You know, I'm left wondering, you know, she writes this note, claims that if something happens to her, Jared is the one who probably did it. And I'm just wondering, you know, had she not gone missing? And, you know, would she have, you know, would that note have still been sitting on the computer desk? Would she have saved it for another time? Would she have scrapped it and then written another one if she thought, you know, the fear popped up in her again? These are, you know, some of the things that come to my mind uh, regarding this. I, I guess we might even have to be open to the idea. Maybe she's wrote a note like this before and nothing happened and might have, you know, ditched the other one because it got too old or something. Um, all right, so we don't know. Of course, police are tight-lipped about this note. They have the note. Luckily, you got a picture of it. And, uh, you know, uh, and I hope that the, the, the listeners and viewers uh, can get to see it. All right, so that happens very quickly after a disappearance in June of 2014. And you've already stated that Nick seemingly very quickly after this took off and uh, anybody in your family have any contact with him once he, being that he was friends with Lisa for so long, have any contact with him once he went to Arizona? Ever keep in contact? Ever come back to Kentucky for any reason? Anything like that? No. We never had any contact with him. He knew of, you know, searches we were having for Lisa, but we never had. It's almost like he, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could read into it that way. Not once did he ever call you or your father and say, hey, anything going on with Lisa's disappearance? Anybody figure out anything yet? That never happened. No. Okay. No contact at all. All right. This moves us up to 2020. And what we discovered is that Nick... He's missing too, correct? Yes. He went missing in 2020. And so three years later, he's missing too. Uh, and I do believe that he is, uh, I think he's on NamUs. I might have to retract that after this interview. I'm going to check the deep, more deeper, deeper into that. But I think so. But Nick is missing as well. Uh, do you know, did you know that? I, I know that this is something that just popped up not too long before we did this interview on December 10th of 2023. Did you know that he was missing, Leah, or not? You, I think you knew something had gone on down there. Um, we had, me and my mom had talked one night. Um, we had talked about Nick. We had talked about if anybody heard from him and... I told her, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll do a Google search. You can find anyone on Google. Sure can. So I've done, I've done a Google search, and sure enough, he had popped up in the name of system that he'd been missing. 
Yeah, and, and uh, we'll just keep I, – I, and I will uh, have some articles that I found. I will gladly post those public articles about Nick's disappearance so people can read the articles for themselves. But it seems that he and somebody else were fleeing from police. There was a wreck. The one yes, guy – I don't know if it was the driver, but, but there were two of them. One person, one guy got back to civilization. I don't know if he ever went to jail or whatever was going on. But whatever happened with Nick after this wreck, nobody's been able to find him. Um, according to the article, they had wrecked the car. Um, the other guy had got out to go get help. Nick had hurt his leg. I believe that's what the article said. He'd hurt mm. his leg. Um, and the guy, when he, he'd come back, if he came back to find Nick, nobody could find Nick. Mm-hmm. Right. So they were doing something. This kind of reminds me of the Molly Miller Cold Haynes case out of, I think, Oklahoma. Where there was a, a wreck, and um, the driver made it back to civilization all well, and the this Molly Molly and Colt went missing, and they are still missing. It's kind of similar to that. So Nick is missing too. So Lisa goes missing in 2014. Six years later, the man in her life goes missing in Arizona, and is miss missing for three years. And I just don't know if he had a hurt leg. How did he run off or something? Hard to understand. Um, has anybody in your family since, uh, ever talked to Nick's mother about his disappearance? Any, do you, do we have any idea? Has she ever done any, of course you're talking to me for, uh, unfound here today. Has his mother ever done any media down there, you know, talking about her missing son? Do you know? I don't know if she has or not. Um, I've thought to reach out to her, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even begin to know how to get a hold of her because again, you know, there's a million Paula Rice's. Right. So I wouldn't even begin to know which one would be her. Maybe I might or be able to, maybe I might be able to find today. her. Uh, yeah, what what city are uh, we talking about here? Do you even know? I'm sure I can find that. But I think maybe I could track down some confirmation, I should, uh, contact information f- uh, for her. For you, Lisa. I, Leah. I know, um, when Lisa and Nick had went to Arizona, I know they had went to Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Yeah, a lot of polar, uh, a lot of uh, people with that last name out there. But you know, if we can narrow down the age a little bit, and then maybe if she had a prior address in Kentucky and maybe connected to Nick somehow, I think we can put that all together pretty quickly. Although sometimes when we get contact information online, it's not correct. But I think I can get that to you, Leah. Uh, I'll have to work on that. Um, and, and see what she has to say, being that she's now in the same boat that your family is. And maybe all of you can have a, have a very, very honest conversation about Lisa's disappearance. That's what we would hope would come out of that. Now, usually we don't like to get into rumors and things, but I thought we could do that here because there were so many. But You've heard some stories, and feel free to tell, you know, some of these stories that you've heard about carpet rolls and paint, and and how did they arise, Leah? Um, at the time of Lisa's disappearance, I, I remember working at Family Dollar, and there was a lady named Hope Garland that come in there, and she knew my sister, and she knew Nick. And she had made the statement that hogs eat everything, including bones. And she 
smiled and she walked out of the store. Um, so I had called the detective at the time and I told her that. And she said she would look into it. And Hope Garland, I believe, um, she was dead not too long after. I haven't exactly wow. figured out what happened to her. Wow. Um, my sister, when they had the house in Heritage Creek, Nick had a son named Zane that uh, had got a hold of his dad and got a hold of Lisa because, you know, he couldn't buy alcohol at the time, so his dad was going to buy it for him. And he'd come over and pick them up, and I talked to Zane, and he told me that when they got back to the driveway, Lisa had tapped Nick on the shoulder and told Nick, and excuse my language, she told Nick, that's, that's the man that threatened to cut my head off. Wow. And Zane had told her, he was like, Lisa, do you want me to take you somewhere else? And Lisa told him, she said, no, honey. She said, it's fine. She said, your dad won't let no one hurt me. And when I talked to Zane, I asked him, you know, who was in the driveway? And he said that there was um, two guys in the driveway. Um, one that he described fit Jared to a T. And the other one... I still, to this day, don't know who the other guy was that's in the driveway. Mm -hmm. Huh. And where was this location again? What location is this? This was at Lisa and Nick's house in Heritage Creek. Okay. He said that there was um, rolls of carpet on the side of the house and mm. paint. Like they were going to remodel and pull carpet and repaint the walls. Which my thing is, is if you're not working, how are you going to get paint and carpet? Did somebody ever go in that house to see if there was new new carpet and paint in the house? Were those things actually eventually found in there? Um, that would be pretty. No, that would be very easy to determine. That would be pretty easy to determine. Uh, you know, from the smell and of course the look of the carpet should look like new. Um, what I, I maybe I should ask, what did happen to the ownership of the house? What what went on there? Um, the house, I believe, today someone else owns it. Um, we had went out to the house. My dad, my dad, my brother, and my brother-in-law had went out to the house at one point in time. It was really late there out there, and Jared and Tiffany were living in the house. This is after Lisa went missing, and. On the uh, air conditioner was Coke cans, empty Coke cans. And it was right there by the window. Mm. And my dad said there was one window on the front of the house that was completely blocked out. That looked mm. like it had a garbage bag over the window so you couldn't see in it. Mm -hmm. You couldn't see out of it. And it was just this one bedroom. And they had went around the house to go to the window in the back where Lisa and Nick's room would have been. And they had hits one of the cans and knocked them down. And of course they took off because, you know, if someone's in there sleeping, they're going to come mm. out and they're, they're going to yeah. be mighty hot. Yeah. Uh, my dad said that they had got down the road and they had heard Jared holler at them. They went too far down the road. He'd hollered at them. I got your whoring daughter and I'll have your son next. Wow. How long was this? Uh, when did this happen? Put this in the timeline. How long after the disappearance? This was maybe about a month after Lisa went missing. 
So we have Lisa writing this uh, note about how Jared wants to uh, harm her, killer has been harassing her and everything. And then a month later, he and Tiffany are living in Lisa's house. Yes. And Nick's okay. gone. Nick is down in Arizona by that time. And how is it that Jared and Tiffany can be living in a house that's not their own, that somebody else owns? Any idea? Any insight into any of that? The only thing I can think of is that they told him that Nick gave him permission to stay there. Um, mm -hmm. That would be my only inkling is that that's okay. what they told him, that they gave him permission. Okay. Have you ever asked uh, the current owners, of course this is nine years later, uh, have you ever asked the current owners, do the current owners know that somebody is missing, used to live in that house, do they know? No. We, we've never been out there and talked to the current owners, which it's crossed my mind several times to drive out there and maybe see if they'll talk to me. But then again, I'm afraid if I go out there, they're just, they're, they'll have me escorted off the property. Well, I, I think you should, uh, my opinion is you should do that. I think some of uh, Unfound's guests have had success doing that. I don't know how much it's pushed a disappearance, this investigation forward, but you never know. If anything else, I think you'd be able to determine, given somebody's talking about fresh paint and carpet, even now, you might be able to determine how new the paint and carpet is and does it look nine years old or, or whatever else, if nothing else. And, you know, you might meet the nicest people in the world and they might not know anything and they're like, we had no idea. Yeah, we'd love to help out in some way. I think most people want to help out, Leah, so you might want to think about that. Right. Yeah. So you've heard some stories, uh, carpet roll stories and paint stories and hog stories, everything. Yeah. Okay. How tough is, of course, we have to remember, you're, you're one of uh, 13 kids. Lisa has 12 siblings. And how have all of you dealt with this over the past nine years? And maybe talk about your parents, too. Um, my dad, he still holds hope that she's going to walk through the door and be like, Hey, how you doing? Here I am. But in the back of his mind, he knows she's not going to, um, mm -hmm. my mother, she stays busy. She works all the time. She, uh, she has a garden that she made. Um, and it's got different poo figurines in it. Oh. Um, she made that specifically for Lisa. Because she's into Winnie um, the Pooh. Yeah, all Lisa love Winnie the Pooh. So anything, it, it's, it, might, it might sound stupid, but anything that we see that's Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, that makes all the we sense. We grab it and we, we hold on to it. Yeah. My, my mm. other siblings, they work. They just try to mm -hmm. keep moving on. What about your brother? Of course, uh, he was there uh, that day, nine years ago, uh, when Jared said that he got threatened. How has uh, Eli been since 2014? I, I think he's still with us. I, I, you know, if Jared said that, then he didn't follow through with anything. But what about Eli? Eli tends to keep to himself. He won't. If you bring Lisa up, he'll go in the other room. He won't talk about her. Um. It's still, it, it bothers him a whole lot to this day. He'll, he'll sit and he'll cry. But he won't 
he don't want to talk about her. He don't want to talk about her disappearance. Mm-hmm. He don't want to talk about any of it because it bothers him. I have to ask, Lee, have, uh, of course, beside you, there are 11 others uh, who could be doing this. Uh, why am I talking to you uh, and not one of the... Uh, how many of my... I'll ask, ask, maybe ask it this way. How many other siblings are involved in this as much as you are? Um, I know my, uh, my sister, Marlana, she shares her flyer on Facebook every time that it comes up. Um, every year we'll hold a vigil for her. Um, my older sister Samantha she tears it every once in a while but it, it's almost like she's for some of my siblings she's kind of fading yeah with Marlena every time she sees someone walking down the street she has to double take because she thinks it's Lisa mm-hmm. yeah kind of hold hope that yeah when you see someone, you, that it's going to be her. Of course. Of course. But then you're you're stuck with that letdown when it's not. Yeah. So what you're saying is you, uh, although you sounds like some of your siblings are doing some, you know, some things. You are really the point person on this. That's why I'm talking to you today. You're the one that's taking this up. Yes. Okay. We have to remember when this happened, you just, you'd said you just had a child not long before uh, she went missing. And how did it become that way that, you know, you became the point person? Was that like from day one or is this just something new within like the last five years or how did that all come about? Um, kind of from day one, anytime that we would have reporters come talk about Lisa, I would be the first one that they would come to because they were familiar with seeing me from other stories talking about Lisa. So mm-hmm. I kind of became the one that they reached out and contacted and talked to and did interviews and... Manage a Facebook page and all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Facebook page is... Kind of, it's all of all of her sisters and my mom and my dad have access oh, to okay. her Facebook page. All right, great. The Facebook page, Missing and Murdered. Um, Lisa Marie Green, we all have access to that. So we, I mean, we periodically get on there and we make posts on there and we see the posts that other people put on there. Okay. Let's talk about all this, uh, the places you uh, we can find uh, Lisa's disappearance. Of course, you talked about the Facebook page. Why don't you mention the name of it again? Uh. Lisa's Facebook page on Facebook, if you go on there, mm-hmm. it is um, The Hunt for the Missing and Murdered Lisa Marie Green. Um, it okay. has uh, a picture of her in all gray. Mm-hmm. That was that was when she had, uh, I think it was after she had got out of jail once, she had took that picture because she looked so, she looked so good. Um, mm-hmm. And on that page, we post, you know, stories of Lisa. We post pictures of Lisa, memories with Lisa. Um, we post everything on there for her. Okay. And you said all of your family has access to that. Yes. All right. Okay. 
Any other social media, like Instagram, TikTok, any place else, just Facebook? Just Facebook. Okay. Leah, any final words before we complete this interview? Just that hopefully someone listening either knows, knows something or seen something or heard something, whether it was in 2014 when it happened or today, that can help find her and bring us to her to bring her home. Leah, I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on here. You're very welcome. And that was my December 10th, 2023 interview with Leah Coomer, sister of Lisa Marie Green. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. I will also remind you that there is another Lisa Green missing. However, her middle name is Anne. Please make sure you get the correct Lisa if you'll be doing any reading and further researching on your own. I've made a map so all of you can understand the locations discussed in the interview. Please go to Unfound's YouTube channel to watch. There are some points to consider that might not be obvious at first glance when trying to figure out what happened to Lisa. Allow me to list just a few of them. Number one, that sure was impeccable and horrible timing. Lisa goes missing within 48 hours of writing that note. Number two, as many stories as Lisa had about Jared, it sounds like he was everywhere she was. Number three, Lisa talking about Jared in the notes seems to rule out suspecting anyone else. And number four, we always have a hard time coming to a firm conclusion when people didn't see or hear anything and the missing people did not communicate with anybody in order to pick them up. Now, here are a few points I'd like to expound upon in more detail. What caught my eye is that Lisa does not deny being a quote-unquote snitch, her word, in her note. Snitch is a derogatory term. You'd think Lisa would distance herself from it, but she doesn't. That is telling. I mean, we might even believe she was being an informant for the police. Another issue, Nick's seeming indifference when saying that they, quote-unquote they, were only supposed to beat Lisa up. My impression, Nick said that sentence as if he were telling Lisa's family the weather. No emotion at all. Very strange considering Nick and Lisa were an item for so long. Like always, though... Nick said a lot of things, but never told Lisa's family and the police what they really wanted to know, which was, where is Lisa? And now my final point. What makes me really sad about Lisa's disappearance, no matter what happened, no matter how you view the note, no matter her addiction, no matter, no matter, no matter, is the letter proves there was still a huge moral sober person inside of that drug facade Lisa had created for herself. Despite her addiction, Lisa found several minutes of clarity to handwrite in cursive 
a long note that everyone can read and understand. Proving that in the days before her disappearance, Lisa was not so far gone that she could not have been saved. Lisa knew it was so important to put everything on that envelope that I'm sure it took her all to write it. If you'd like to hear and read more of my in-depth analysis into the disappearance of Lisa Marie Green, go to patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast, sign up to partake in the Unfound blog. Until then, I leave the public theorizing up to you. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.